It is so good to be with you once again. We bring you glad tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. We have a report to share today, and our report is right here. It's the Word of God. The Word of God is our report, and that's the only place we're given authority to speak from. And today, I would like to go to the ninth chapter of the book of John and read just a few verses here and make some comments. We so often find that the Lord shares with us the truth of the gospel hidden in pictures. Now, I don't know about you, but my grandmother had boxes of family pictures And every once in a while, when us kids got a little rowdy, she would go bring these boxes of pictures out and share with us pictures of my family over the years. Family pictures. Now, they were wonderful to look at, and they represented real people, but they were not real people. They were just representations of it. Well, today we want to read a passage of Scripture that shares with us a truth that is found in a picture. Now, the Lord Jesus is spoken of in John chapter 9. In John chapter 9, we find the subject of this story, this account, is Jesus. And as Jesus passed by, John chapter 9, verse 1, and Jesus passed by. Now, there's one thing that I have found that we can discover from the scriptures is that when Jesus Christ went somewhere, he went there on purpose. He never went anywhere on mistake. He never took the wrong road. He never turned right when he should have went left. He was always at the right place at the right time. In fact, the Bible tells us, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So wherever we find the Lord during his ministry, it is because he intended to be there. It's not a mistake. It's not something that just happened, but he intended to be there. Now, in our reading today in John chapter 9, we find that as Jesus passed by, he is fulfilling truly what we find in the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, That all things, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God to those who are the called according to his purpose. Now, Jesus Christ is at the right place at the right time on purpose because right there at this point where he comes, there's a man that has been born blind. He's never seen in his entire life. He's been born blind. It tells us that. It says, Jesus passed by and he saw a man that was blind from his youth. Now, it's not a mistake that the Lord passed by this man that has been blind from his youth, from uh, from his birth. It's not a mistake. He is there on purpose. Here is a man in a desperate need and nobody can help him. All of the optometrists that they may have had at that time couldn't help him. And probably, if he lived during our time, nobody could help him with a blindness from his very birth. When he came forth from his mother's womb, he never saw the light of day. When he came forth from his mother's womb, he never saw the earth or the sky or trees. 
He never saw the face of his mother. He never saw the face of his father. He was born blind. He was blind from his birth. And yet we find that this is exactly the person that the Lord Jesus Christ intended to visit this day. And we are going to be able to say hallelujah with that man that Jesus met that day. It tells us here, and Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Now, the scriptures tell us that the Lord is around a lot of blind people, and certain of them he went to do something with. Now, the disciples are with him. And the disciples notice this man just like the, the Lord does. They saw where his attention was drawn to. They saw where he was looking. They saw where he stopped. And they came and they came up and says, his disciples asked him, saying, Master. Now, they're very courteous about their question. They say, Master, Rabbi, Teacher, very important to us. Teacher. Who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, so often when someone has a great uh, tragedy or they have a great sickness or something happens to them, people on the sidelines say, I wonder what they did that brought on that great illness, that great sickness, that great injury, that great whatever. What is it? What did they do? What did their parents do? And that's what the disciples ask. You know, we read about a man in the, book, in the book of Job. His name was Job, and he had a lot of things happen to him. And he had three people come to him, and they begin to talk to him and says, you know, if you hadn't have done something very terrible, you probably wouldn't have this problem. Well, that wasn't the reason that it happened at all, because the Lord Jesus shares with us in this passage of Scripture that a sin, a particular sin of this man, and we have to remember he's been born blind. What does it tell us about two twins, about two boys? He said before they were born, before they could do good or evil. They couldn't, it wasn't possible yet for them. So he has not done anything that would cause this blindness to be upon him. And Jesus shares with us that his parents hadn't done anything specifically that would cause this, this blindness to be upon him. Mom didn't fall down on purpose. She didn't ride a horse and get thrown off on purpose. All the things that people might say, why this young man is born blind. But Jesus shares with us, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents. <coughs> now he's not saying they've never committed a sin, but it wasn't some specific sin that caused him to have no sight all of his life. And that's an important thing. You know, the Lord never asks us to judge what happens to someone else. The Lord never asks us to judge because someone has a disease or someone has a frailty or someone has this, that they've done something great and drastically wrong. Because we find out that Jesus Christ shared a very important thing with his disciples over this matter. He has met a man that has been born blind. He's been blind from his youth and he's there on purpose, just like we find him always being and he's going to take care of the problem here, but he wants his disciples to understand that this was not caused by just some sin that somebody had. In fact, he goes on, it tells us here, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Why? What's the reason he says this man, this young man here has been born blind? What's the pro issue? God would be glorified in this. You know, the Lord Jesus is going to heal this man of his blindness. 
And he's there by divine appointment in the condition that he is because God is going to be made manifest. No, we're born into this world spiritually born blind. We may have our regular eyesight, but we cannot see spiritual things by nature. We're not born that way. We must have the new birth. We must have God deal with us just like he's going to do here in a physical sense. It must be in a spiritual sense. We cannot see God. We cannot see the kingdom of God unless he gives us the new birth. And that is really eyes to see. And once we have eyes to see. I remember reading in the Old Testament about a sheep herder. Now, the sheep herder's name was Moses, and he'd run from Pharaoh. He, uh, he was in trouble down there. He had killed a, an Egyptian man. And uh, he has ran away, and he went to the backside of the desert, and he's going to spend 40 years there. And one day, out of all the days that he's been out there, there's a phenomena that took place that he could not explain and decided, I'm going to go take a look at this. What was it? There was a bush that was on fire that was not consumed. Now, it wouldn't mean, there would be no issue if it was on fire and finally it burned down. But he saw something that he had never seen before. And that was, he saw a bush that was not consumed. Now, he says, I think I'll go over there and take a look at that. Now, how God is so careful to attract his people by himself. And it is through situations like this that he brings his people to recognize him. He opened Moses' eyes that day and he got to see the Shekinah glory of God. God said to him, Take off your shoes for you're on holy ground. Who was speaking from that burning bush? It was God Almighty. The same God that we find here in John chapter 9 that saw a man that has been blind from his youth and his disciples asked him, what caused this? How come he's this way? And Jesus told him, he said, this is this way that the works of God should be made manifest. We're going to see something happen here that's not Common. We're going to see something happen that's not normal. We're going to see something happen that is a miracle. This happened that somebody could have God's work on them. Now, this is the way God does his business. God works in this way. He always has all the things set up just right so that we can hear, we can see, we can be acquainted with the Almighty God at his behest. All right, it goes on here and says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is yet day. The night cometh when no man can work. Now he's dealing with a man born blind and he says, uh, we're headed for the night when no man can work. This man has been that way all his life. He's been blind all his life. He's never seen a thing. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. He fills us in and so much about himself. He is the light of the world. He's the reason for the world. He's the creator of heaven and earth. He's the reason that it is all in its great combination of ways of thing and goings on that the moon doesn't run into the earth or Jupiter doesn't get out of orbit or the sun doesn't come any closer than it does or doesn't go any further away. He's the one that keeps it all in absolute control. And yet I'm the light of the world. And if this man is ever going to see, I have to do something. The doctors have done all they could do. Sorry. Whatever reason, he doesn't have 
He doesn't have sight for whatever reason. But for the true reason is Jesus Christ came one day specifically ordained in the covenant of grace to come up to one individual out of all the individuals and do something for him that only God can do. And that is to give him sight. So it says, when he had thus spoken, he spit on the ground. He spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. You know, most of us would probably overreact. Someone spit on the ground, start making some mud and come up and wipe them on our eyes. We'd probably overreact even if we were blind. We said, no, that's not for me. You know, when God does something for his people, his people are satisfied. His people are resigned. His people are given over. Why? Because he never does anything to his people to harm them. He always has their best interest in mind. He always has their eternal interest in mind. And so he spent over and spit into the dirt. From the dirt this man was made. And from the dirt he's going to use him and his spittle and put it on. Now, why did he do that? Because he's God. I can't answer why he used spit and dirt to do this miracle. All I can say is he's absolute God, the very God, and he has the right to do with his own that he sees fit. So, Lord, give me grace when you spit on the ground and want to wipe me with that dirt. Well, it tells us here that he anointed the blind man's, the eyes of the blind man with clay. Now, how in the world is that going to help a man see? Putting dirt, muddy dirt in a man's eyes. We think that would be just exactly opposite of what we think should happen. You know what? Everything that God does is exactly opposite of what we think should be done. He is so opposite of natural man. Natural man's got his idea that he can approach God by his own righteousness. And that's exactly opposite of what God intended. We approach God on his righteousness. He said, we actually think we can by our works approach God and we can only approach God by his works. Exactly opposite. He does things exactly opposite of what we think. He has to do a lot of work on us before we agree with what he has to do. But he does that in the new birth. He says here, he put clay on him and he said unto him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is being inter- by interpretation sent. And he went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. First time in his whole life he'd ever seen anything. And it's as a result of the sovereign God anointing his eyes with some spittle and dirt combined. Told him to go wash. I think someone had to help him over there, don't you? A blind man is going to have trouble walking. So somehow he got over there to the pool of Siloam. Now he's not saying you have to go get into water in order to see. He's saying you follow my instructions. What's the instructions that God gives to people today about himself? Believe on me. Trust me and don't move a muscle. Trust the Lord. Don't move a muscle. Don't get involved. Trust me. Trust me. 
He's the God that is able to do so much different than we ever can plan, but he always works it out for his honor, glory, and for our good. So he sent him over there, dipped, he dipped down in that pool. Not only did it wash the mud off of his eyes, but by doing what God had commanded, he came seen. He came, he washed, and came seen. What a miracle the Lord performed there. A man is in desperate situations. I think all the messages we brought here at this uh, veterans home has been about people that are in desperate situations. They are in trouble. They have some real problems that nobody can take care of for them. And lo and behold, the Lord is there. And he takes care of it. And he, got, he has a, a, a woman that with an issue of blood, she's taken care of. A man that's born blind, taken care of. All these things are taken care of. And the Lord willing, next time we meet, I want to go to the greatest of challenges. A man's dead and he's taken care of. What wonderful pictures we have in the scripture about the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ from a spiritual application. Yes, we're blind by nature, but he gives us sight. We're deaf by nature, spiritually. I had good hearing when I was born. I had sight when I was born. I had the ability of tasting, handling, and so forth. Ability of working. But those things do not come close to even matching what God requires. It's not our works. It's not our righteousness. But it's his work and his righteousness. And nobody will ever see without the work of the Holy Spirit in us called the new birth. And then we can see the kingdom of heaven. And who is that? The Lord Jesus Christ himself. So he saw a certain man. He passed by and saw a man. I'm so glad that even today the Lord passes by and sees certain people in certain places and he does what is required and necessary for them to be able to see and to live and to breathe and to think spiritual things. He saw that blind from his birth. His disciples ask him what is often asked, why, why, why? And Jesus said, because, 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 because it is fit for the Father to demonstrate his great power. And then he did something that is so unnatural. No doctor, no physician, no eye doctor would say, oh, take some spit and mud and put it in your eyes. But that's what the Lord does. He does things so contrary to our thoughts. And then the man went Got in the pool, came out, came seeing. He saw things he'd never seen before. What a gracious act of God that he would do that for this man so many years ago, but he'd still do that for us today when it comes to our spiritual needs. We can come seeing. I saw the Lord high and lifted up. All right. Go and wash in the pool. He came, washed, he came seen. Jesus is on to something else now. All right, we'll stop there and we'll ask our friend to...